0: Good morning, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the show on this Thursday, episode 230. I'm always excited when we get to a number with a zero on the end of it. I don't know why, it's just satisfying. Uh, thank you for tuning in. It is Thursday. It finally happened. It finally happened, and you guys can take it for granted. Um, I did two things with the last episode. We have a new intro and a new outro. Right? Something I've been telling y'all that I was going to do for a while. It took literally two minutes of my time, and I could have done it forever ago. But we got that. We introduced the, uh, the audience funding platform known as Buy Me a Coffee. Because as you all know, I do love me some cafe. Mmm. Burned my mouth. Remember when I was trying to sell coffee to you guys? Imagine that. Imagine that. Life boost coffee. I wrote a whole fucking thing for that. That was funny. But anyway, uh, that happened and I missed our first date. I missed our first one. Labor Day. Labor Day was on Monday and I was supposed to have an episode out for you guys. And I did. I had an episode ready to go. I just decided to put it out on Tuesday. I said, fuck it. Put it out on Tuesday. It's Labor Day. Let's celebrate like everybody else. The summer is over. The summer is over, guys. A summer that people were very grateful for this year. This year was the first summer in a couple years where people weren't in a state of suspended anxiety the whole time. There were moments, right? There were moments. Sure, sure. There were times when you thought maybe something bad could happen. Maybe something bad could happen. But a great mix of brainless leaders and a news cycle willing to support those brainless leaders has really put us at ease. Even though, even though there has been a lot of terrible Fucked up shit happening, especially in the summer with gas prices and, you know, the 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 crisis in Ukraine happening and all these other things, the cost of living and inflation and all these things going up. People were able to ignore those things this year. If it's not a pandemic that's killing grandmothers, it seems like everything is just it's back to business, right? It's back to business as long as there aren't old people dying on ventilators Most people are okay. Most people are okay, and as long as we have some entertainment in the news cycle, as long as we have some legitimate entertainment. I mean, there was no entertainment like Trump, right? There was no entertainment, but they they muffled him, right? They muffled him. They didn't let him do what he wanted, right? He still did it, but they didn't want him to. So the news cycle was very much against him, and everyone was very uh, anxious about him. Nobody except for his real first followers who were massive – a massive force to be reckoned with and still are. They were the ones who were able to keep it interesting because the news wasn't helping. The news wasn't helping us here. Um, but now the current, uh, cabinet that we have, that's, that's doing a very, uh, they're doing a job. All right. Let's say that they're doing a job, an interesting one. Um, they they have the media behind them. So it's actually a little bit more exciting. That's this is where we get uh, our leader, Mr. Joe Biden, who can barely speak, can't talk about numbers, can't answer questions, can't do much. Right. He's pretty much there to wave. He's there to mindlessly wave, just teetering on the ledge of a brain aneurysm. While they pump him up with amphetamines and nootropics and all different kinds of things to keep this man standing and upright for another. uh, How long has it been? I don't even know. 2024 is the next election. So we need at least two more years. We need at least two more years out of this guy. (coughs) And uh, and and that's what they're doing. And and with the media behind these people this is when we get the entertainment value that we really look for as Americans when we're watching politics. Because to really take it seriously, you have to be kind of a sick person, right? To really take all this conniving and scheming and these backdoor deals and To know that these people are literally fucking you at every corner. They're making more money than you could have ever fucking dreamed of. They're making deals that only support them and their rich, wealthy criminal friends. When you realize these things, that these people don't work for you, the only redeeming quality is that it's entertaining. The only redeeming quality is that the acting is good. Right. This brings me back to a couple episodes, a few, many episodes ago where I would talk, where I spoke about how we should just have actors play politicians because that's what it is already. But people don't want to realize that. And you saw that with that speech that they put together with Joe Biden. Beautiful theatrics, beautiful red lights behind him. He's saying all these things with passion and conviction like like. He's saying those things like he was like that's how he is as a person. Oh there's all the all the New London sounds outside. But he's he was saying it like he wasn't putting on an act. You know, I, I mean politicians are actors the whole way, but at least maintain the act. Maintain the character. Mr. Biden, you are not a strong uh, ironclad Trustworthy leader That we all are, are, are looking to help Pull us out of whatever problems We have as American citizens We don't really I mean, people. I'm sure there's people who look At him that way, but most of us Most of us Hold on There's the garbage truck Biden's driving it Most of us look at you Or most of us look at Mr. Biden as a bumbling uncle who needs to be sat down in front of a window in a rocking chair and left alone because nobody wants to talk to him. He's a burden. He's gotten old. People need to go to his house and take care of. He lives in squalor. If Biden wasn't a, a, a politician or a statesman, he would literally be a crazy uncle that lives in squalor. For those of you that haven't watched it yet, you need to check out The Last Days of Ptolemy Grey. The Last Days of Ptolemy Grey was a uh, mini series on Apple Plus or Apple TV, Apple TV uh that it was uh, it was about an old man played by Samuel L. Jackson who lived in uh in absolute disarray. He was like 90 years old. He was once a professor. He was a genius at one point, but he's got dementia and it's gotten worse and worse over time and his nephew comes over and takes care of him. He's the only one that comes by. He's the only one that comes by and takes care of him. He's the guy from 8 Mile. I don't remember his name either. Uh, he's got a lazy eye. Kind of looks like Forrest Whitaker, but isn't. But anyway, they, uh, you know, and and he, that's what Biden would be. Biden would be a... Uh, disheveled old man who lives alone, whose family abandoned him because he's too much of a burden. We got to come to his house all the time. He wants to talk about the days back in Scranton and Delaware or whatever the fuck, wherever he's from. That's what he wants to talk about. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to hear about it. Nobody cares. And uh, he's gonna talk about how he was, you know, uh, involved in the Senate and he was all these things and he was the vice president at one point but if he never got to president then he would be you know that's where his story would stop especially since he had massive brain surgery and uh, and the whole thing he might be the first president to have massive brain surgery other than John F Kennedy of course but they uh you know it, it's it, right now people are kind of overlooking how scary some things are because We have a mindless leader, which is what we want. Right. We don't we we want a person that will, uh, you know, just put us at ease. The president, I look at the president like a maitre d'. You go to a restaurant. There's a maitre d there. He welcomes you. He tells you maybe there's a real good specials tonight. Like you say, you know, ask your waitress about him. And it's an older man, right? Usually an older man walks you to your table. uh oh, Get it. here's a nice uh, uh, wine menu and we have a full service bar and here just have a seat just have a seat don't and you don't even look at the prices on them you know it's going to be expensive but you don't look because you're here to have a good time you're here to have a good time and 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 the president is supposed to serve as a maitre d he's supposed to come over and say hey Are you having a good experience? This is nice, isn't it? Isn't it nice? We sat you right by the window. That filet is nice. That's a good filet. How'd you get it? Medium rare? Good man. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Here, have a little bit more wine. Oh, you're all set? Well, we'll help you out. We'll call a car around, the valet. You have a great one, and you tip them. You give them some tip, you know? And And that's taxes, right? And that's what a president should be doing. That's what a president should be doing. He should be putting us at ease in a way that we forget about how we're getting fucked. We're at the restaurant. We know we're spending too much money. We know that it costs this restaurant $2 to make this fucking grilled chicken and vegetable. You know, like we know that we're getting fucked, but we engage in it. We have a great time. We have a great time. And... and. Right now, the combination of of uh of of the presidential cabinet mixed in with the cosine of the media, which is big, very very big cosine of the media we've just kind of you know just we've been relaxing we have it's been a good summer, guys. you can't deny that it was a good summer, right. It was a good inflation, yeah, whatever, we know, <laughs> we know. Look at Biden fall off his bike, right? He's doing it in a different way. They're doing it a different way. It's not so much. Look at Biden. He just he just uh, got rid of what, 10K in student debt or some shit? You're absolved of that? I mean, that's a good thing. That is a legitimate good thing, right? It's a good thing. Um, you know, it's not all of it. He hasn't gotten rid of all of it like he said he would. He hasn't. They haven't done all these. But that's not easy, right? I'm not saying that's something you should do. That's not an easy thing to do. Uh, Not to mention, that's just a bunch of loans. If you had a bunch of loans out, if you were a bank and uh, your money was based on getting return on your loans, I mean, you wouldn't want to absolve all of them no matter what you said before. So... You know, it was a good thing. Don't get me wrong. That's a good thing. It kept people at ease. You know, we're not going to raise wages, though. (laughs) We're not going to do that. We're not going to, to, you know, mitigate these other things. We're just going to Band-Aid. We're going to throw a Band-Aid, and we love a Band-Aid. We love a big Band-Aid, not only as Americans, but as people. We love a big Band-Aid. People with extreme comfort. Anybody in the world that's living with extreme comfort, we like a Band-Aid. Because things aren't dire straits. They aren't dire straits. We know we have thousands and thousands of uh, of dollars of debt hanging over our heads for a degree, for a paper that some of us didn't even use. Some of us didn't even bother. I'm fortunate where mine was paid for. I have a, a, a lovely grandmother that paid for. Me. And I also went to a cheap school. I went to a school I wasn't going to pay, or I wasn't going to be uh, led in to pay sixty grand to learn English. Right. And then find out at the end of it, I did not even want to do the shit in the first place. So I would advise you to go on the cheap, go on the cheap. That's how I live now in general. And that's the way you're supposed to do it. Go on the cheap, baby. But, uh, you know, I mean, they've done a great job at keeping us. And that is I think that's going to be the story of this presidential run. Uh, by Biden. I think it's going to be the story because you know Trump was so polarizing and people were so worried and the pandemic and pop bop, bop. and uh this current president is uh isn't doing isn't doing much but what he is doing is keeping us at ease. He's keeping us at ease while we while we watch interest rates go up and we watch prices of homes go up and we watch costs of living go up and inflation go up and our wages stay the same they stay the same we look at work conditions staying the same <clears throat> i talk about that because uh a lot of companies after labor day for whatever reason they they took la- they took liberty to introduce uh this new concept um on labor day a lot of uh, a lot of companies are kind of just reintroducing the office aspect people uh they're learning that there are a lot of people that do not work well at home the productivity isn't the same big word here in america big word productivity production that shit that shit matters more than liberty, it matters more than freedom, it matters more than all the other pillars that america stands on. It matters more than than uh, you know, equal rights for people, it matters more than uh healthcare or uh, you know, mental health care, it matters more than uh education for everybody. It matters more than anything. production. Production, guys. Countries whose production uh, are the highest are the most powerful. That's what it is. Countries who have the highest level of production are the most powerful. Case and point, China. Everything we have comes from China. There's billion, They have the most people in the world. It's like 13% of the world lives in China. Okay, And they also have the biggest surveillance system in the world, which is insane. That's how they... That's how they're able to uh, keep the streets clean. That's how there's very little murders because they, uh, they have cameras everywhere. The biggest surveillance system in the world, China. They track your footsteps, the whole thing. I read something about it the other day. But back to my original point, you got China, you got the U.S. These are the biggest countries in the world because their production is fast. It's fast and it's constant. It's constant and it's part of the culture. And if you're at home in your pajamas, where's the fire? Where's the rush? If you're at home in your pajamas talking on a headset playing on your laptop, and when you're not doing work, you're playing video games, I mean, where's the urgency? Your life's too easy at that point, right? That's what these companies see. (coughs) It was funny because during COVID, everyone was like, oh, I love working at home. And everyone still does. Everyone loves working at home. I love working from home, and there was all this talk of well, maybe we're gonna we're gonna see a new age of work where we won't need these big monstrous corporate buildings, and we can uh, you know we we, people can work from home, and they can work from anywhere. They can take their laptop anywhere that has Wi Fi. If they're on a beach that has Wi Fi, they can work on the beach all day. And people were starting to be optimistic. They were saying, "Yeah, this sounds like a good idea. I hope this does happen. I hope this happens. I hope that we can all." find jobs that allow us to work from home. I hope that all jobs go that way. I hope that these companies realize that they're spending money they don't need to spend on rent, on property taxes, on building these big corporate fucking offices. And people... We're very excited for that. We're go oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. This is the new normal, right? The new normal. Now I don't need to drive to work. I don't need to sit in traffic. I don't need to listen to that same bullshit radio show I listen to every day. I don't need to listen to that asshole that screams in his microphone in his apartment alone in New London, Connecticut. I don't need to do now I can I can do it if I want, but now I don't have to. I don't have to in my car. I don't have to sit at the water cooler and talk about nonsense with Jeff and Jennifer. Everyone in my office names start with J. I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that shit anymore. Yes, this is great. Thank God for pandemics. Thank God for everything changing. This is awesome. This is going to be great. And then all these big corporations said, ha, good one. Good one. How are our numbers going to stay up when you aren't in a constant fear of anxiety? You need to be confined to a space to a place and time. You need to be confined to it. You need to be in the culture of an office. Or else you won't feel like you need this. Right? You won't feel like you're at work. We need you to feel like you're working. We need you to feel like you're a... We need you to... Be presently aware of the fact that you are a cog in this machine, but do nothing about it. We need that. We need that feeling because that is true control. That is immense control over the mind, control over the body, control over the emotional state of a human being. If you force them to do something, if you force them to do something that is actually hurting them, that is actually a detriment to them, but they're doing it because they feel like they need to. You've convinced them of that. <gasps> wow, you are a—I mean, you're a cult leader. You're a wizard. You're a president. You're a statesman. You're—you're—you're—you a, a, know—you're a leader in general. You are someone that could change the fabric of these people's lives as well as your own. You are someone that is. you know, has immense power over these people. You do. People don't realize it, but that's what these corporations want. They don't want you to be uh, producing at your own pace. They need you in a place that gives you a sense of urgency, a sense of urgency. That's what they need. They need you worried that you're going to get late to work don't stop for that coffee you get the coffee there's shit coffee in the office you have some of that go and get that don't stop you got to go you got to get to work don't take your break you've you've already you're a little slow this today you know the numbers are down the numbers are down look at the numbers they're down look how low the numbers are this is all because we're we're not in an office we need to be in an office guys What don't you understand? We need human contact. I don't know. Maybe that part's right. Maybe the human contact part is right. I've never worked in an office. I talk shit about offices. I have no interest in ever working in an office. Um, You know, I try to get jobs. I try to do all these things. And I'm one of the guys who want to do the remote thing. I would love to have a remote job, just like everyone else, right? That's the thing. They realize that everyone wants it. And they realize that they could give it to everybody, but they're not going to. They're not going to. You ask any big-time fucking office manager or anybody. I'm sure they'll tell you that production goes down when they're not in the office. Work goes down when they're not. Because you can fuck off. You're alone. You can fuck off. You can do whatever you want. And they don't want that, guys. They don't want that. They're paying you. They're paying you money. They're paying you a wage that isn't livable, They're giving you benefits that are coming out of your wages. They are, you know, they're they're paying their sacrifice. You're sacrificing your time for a check that really doesn't reflect what you're doing for them, what you and I'm not a commie. Right. I'm not a commie. I don't care. I mean, I'm for the people. Sure. I am for the people. Uh, I don't believe in workplaces. I don't believe in work. I don't believe in jobs. I feel like it's all fucking stupid. Money's evil, yada, yada, yada. But that's no way to live. You got to live within the confines of what the fuck we've uh, we've created here. Um, and uh, I forgot my point. But either way, they are ushering in the new normal of people having to come to the office. They got to come to the office and they chose Labor Day. They chose Labor Day to kind of usher that in. Everybody's got the day off. But when you come back, just know that this is the new normal. There's very little remote work. You got to be in the office. No masks. Vaccinated. That's what I saw. And that's Wall Street. That's what Wall Street's saying. And not a lot of people work on Wall Street. The Wall Street, um, you know, uh, hold on here comes the fucking garbage truck again the garbage truck again i live on a street that the garbage man must learn how to drive on because this is the fourth fucking time this morning that a garbage man is driving by fucking miserable pieces of shit anyway they're gone i had to wait a little bit Uh, but where the fuck was I? I was talking about how, uh, on wall street, this is where this new normal is starting to be debuted. I don't know if it's strictly on wall street. That's, that's the, uh, that's the article that I read or the headline that I read. I didn't read the whole fucking thing. It was a video. It was whatever, right? I don't care about wall street. I don't care about those people. But what I do know is that if you're going to work on wall street, you already have some illusion in your mind of becoming a millionaire or you have this delusion that money is God and you want to go to the Mecca of it. Like I did at one point, you want to go to the Mecca of, you want to go to the Mecca of, uh, of money where all the money's being made. Um, You know, you want to uh, slave away, for a boss that has a boss that has a boss that has a boss, and they all make disgusting amounts of money. But you are the little tiny peon that where some of these guys started, some of them didn't, some of them were born into it, right? Some of them didn't have, some of them had to do minimal work to get where they are. But I digress. You, on the other hand, you're a person that maybe came from modest, modest means, and uh, And you thought your way out would be to get a job on Wall Street, so now you've gone ahead and you've gotten yourself you just got hired it's 2019 you just got hired as an account executive on a nice in a, in a brokerage firm right there on Wall Street, and all you do are an account you're're a you're an you're a investment banker, and all you do all day seventy. Eighty hours a week is just plug away at big corporate trades. You talk to the corporate. You just you just go back and forth with these big monumental amounts of money, and you try to you try to game the system and make money on it. You arbitrage, right? That's what you do. You 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 trade with the money of a massive corporation, and you do that, and they trust you. They trust you big time, and you're like, yeah, I'm working myself to the bone, but one day I'm gonna have an empire. One day I'm gonna be. I'm going to be the boss, 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 boss. And, uh, you know, and then the pandemic hits and it's like, oh no, oh God, what am I going to do? And for the first few months, you didn't know what you were going to do. The market was in turmoil. Even your company, one of the biggest companies on Wall Street, the biggest firms on Wall Street, whatever. If you're a firm on Wall Street, you're one of the biggest uh, financial institutions in the country, if not in the world. So you were just employed by one of these people and now... It's uh, pandemic time and they need to reset. So you might have a little bit of time off. And now you're thinking, hey, uh, you know, I've always wanted to play the French horn. I remember when I was a kid, I used to play the French horn and I used to love it because now you got all this time to yourself. You got a little bit of extra time, you know, working 70, 80 hours a week, looking at numbers and and trying to make deals and all this shit. You got a little bit of time. You had a little bit of time and you're like, you know what? I'm I made a little bit of change. I'm going to go ahead and buy me a French horn and I'm going to start taking online lessons. And you really start to enjoy the French horn. And then it starts to now you're really, really enjoying it. But your firm is saying you can work from home. Now it's time to work from home. You get a laptop, you get a headset, you get your phone, and now you're back to 70, 80-hour weeks, but now you're at home, so you can take breaks in between. You can fuck off. You can play your French horn. You mute your microphone and you play your French horn. You watch your videos on your other computer, and you uh, and, and you're living kind of okay, right? You're living not bad because you're able to do both. You're able to, while you make money and work, and do the thing that you set out to do you're also learning the french horn you're learning how to do something else whereas otherwise if you were working 70-80 hours a week at an office you would go to the office work come home jerk off go to bed because now you know you're exhausted you don't want to do you don't want to think about a fucking french horn but now because you're at home and you can work at the same time you can you can either fuck off while you're working or you can do something else do something that you enjoy But what's going to happen? Some of that productivity is going to go down. But you don't, you don't really, you don't see that. You're like, yeah, maybe. But who knows? I'm doing well. I'm in my pajamas. I can make a sandwich. I can get up. I can, you know, I can do whatever. I can read my French horn books. I can do anything I want while I'm at home working. Which they don't want, guys. Which they don't want. So now, fast forward to 2022. uh, you know, all those feelings of maybe this is the new normal. Maybe now I can do these trades at home. Maybe now I can do my job at home. Maybe they trust us enough to do this. And the answer is no. The answer is absolutely not. So uh, get rid of that French horn. Get that suit back on and get the fuck in this building. Sit at your desk. Are you stupid? Are you fucking dumb? You really thought that we were going to let you do whatever the fuck you want while you're employed with us? My goodness. You sick son of a bitch. The only companies that are still doing that are the companies that allowed it beforehand. And there's probably some other ones, but they'll smarten up too. They will smarten up too. They're going to say, well, it was, you know, it was the pandemic. We all had to make adjustments, but... We got to get back to the office. We got we are fun. we had fun while it lasted, didn't we, folks? We had a good time while it lasted. We had a great time even. We were able to do anything. We were We were relaxing. We could spend time to think. We could talk with our our kids, right? during summer vacation. We could see our children. You know, on our breaks, we could go for a walk around the neighborhood. Uh, On our lunch break, we could go swimming at the beach or in our pool or, you know, we could do anything. We could get a workout in in the middle of the day. Now you're refreshed for your next half of the day. They don't want that, guys. They don't want that. They never did. They never did want that. Even when they did it, they were like, ah, God, this is terrible. But we need to do something. If you think that that's going to be the default, I don't know. I mean, it's, it probably isn't, right? It probably won't be. We'll probably never, uh, not never, but for a while now, as long as humans are still doing these jobs uh, that most humans don't want to do, as long as, as we're subject to doing things that we don't want to do but feel like we have to do, we're going to be doing it in person, most of us. Not always, right? Like I said, there's plenty of remote opportunities. There's more now than there ever have been. But most of these companies I'm thinking will smarten up and they're going to stop with this bullshit of working at home or you're able to work on a train or you're able, you know, they don't, they don't want that. They don't want freedom of location. Freedom of location is one of the most detrimental things to a company, to a corporation, to a country, to any governing body in any circumstance. Freedom of location does not work it doesn't work. It just doesn't work for them. It doesn't, uh, you know, if you're able to go wherever you want, whenever you want, how are they going to hold over your head the massive uh, burden of life and living and making money? You know, even if you need to make money to be on the road and live wherever you live, you, uh, you know, you, it's, it's, It's another form of controlling people, just like buying a home is. (laughs) Oh, no. Homes were made. Mortgages were built for banks, right? Any loan that exists, it's not for you, okay? It's not for you. It can be if you're smart. If you're smart. If you're really smart and you put it to work the right way and you get the right type of loan and you do it at the right time, you got the right idea... It can be for you, but loans are built for banks. That's how banks make money. When you ever hear you ever hear someone say, "Ah, oh, this bank went bankrupt." How does a bank go bankrupt? Well, people aren't taking out any loans. They're not taking out any loans. That's how companies. That's how banks make money. Any kind of loan that includes personal, business, student, uh, uh, buying a home like a mortgage. Um, barring against your home. Like, these are all ways that banks make money. And they had convinced, whoever they is, have convinced the American public that a great way, a great way to show your economic prosperity in this country is to buy a home. Buy yourself a little piece of land that will confine you to one space for as long as you own it. Not always true. Right. Because you could sell it. But then, of course, you would own it. Right. But it does confine you to a space. It limits your freedom of location. If you got a lot of money, you can buy multiple homes and you could rent them out when you're not living there. Right. That's that's, you know, a smart loan. And I'm not here to say that mortgages and, and homes, buying a home isn't a smart investment. It it's it's pretty goddamn good. Because you have years and years and years to pay it off, right? A thirty-year mortgage—you could do that if you wanted to, um, you know—and and and it'll take a long time for you to pay off. And hopefully by then it will have appreciated. Hopefully by then you will have some money. You put some work into the house. You'll have some uh, something to fall back on, right? And in your retirement, you could sell your home. Use that money. Get yourself a nice little condo and relax the rest of your days. You don't need to worry about anything. And and I get it, right? Real estate is, of course, one of the gold mines that we have created. Um, and you can't deny that. And I'm not here to deny that. What I am here to, <clears throat> I guess, share with you or at very least uh, offer you this sentiment is that... <clears throat> The only, the, the major benefiting body when you buy a home are banks and corporations, right? That's, that's with anything that you buy. That's a given. But especially when you buy a home, because you pretty much relinquish your hope of, uh, you, you pretty much relinquish your freedom of location, which is what got me on this topic. Anyway, think about it. When you buy a home, Right? Most people that buy homes are in a relationship, in a long term relationship. They have a family. They want to build a family. Right? So you're not going to buy a home that's 30 miles away from where you work, you know, 40, or, or maybe I should say, you know, over an hour away from where you work, because the average commute in this country is an hour. But you want to, you know, you want to be in a nice neighborhood and you want to be in, which are coincidentally, uh it near nice schools you know and you want to have a, you know you want to be in a in a neighborhood that has a nice school which is typically a nice neighborhood for your kids and you know you want to uh or for your future kids <coughs> Jesus <coughs> smoker's cough you see that that's how you know that bad bad days are coming when i'm just sitting here breathing and talking and i just start to cough but uh <laughs> but the uh, you know, you, you don't want to live too far away from where you work. You want your commute to be smooth. Maybe you want to live not too far from a highway, not too close because you don't want the sound, but not too far. We're getting very, very specific where where you d- decide to live, right? There's a lot of things that come into play when you decide to invest in a home. And for good reason. It's a big investment. It's a big jump. But that doesn't take away from the fact that you are confining yourself to one location for the most part. But you do that with your job, too. Right. These it all it all links, guys. It all links. If you have a place that you have to be 40 hours a week, eight hours a day, sometimes more than that. You don't want to be that far from that place. You're going to be there very often. That's a third of your day. You're going to be there very often. You don't want to have to commute like a motherfucker to get there. That's why big metropolitan cities are a thing. Because that's where people work. They work in these fucking... In these places. And they want to be able to get there in and out. That's why New York is so fucking populated. And and public transit is such a thing there. Because you want to be able to get in and out. You're confined... To this radius And buying a home Has become much harder These days It has become much harder I mean it's just The, the, the prices I, I saw a chart Let's see if I can pull this chart up um, <clears throat> Let's see Oh wow US elections uh, are safe Interesting um, Let's see if I can find them. Maybe I should have had it up first nate diaz trending nate diaz is going to beat uh hamzat shemaev this weekend by the way don't uh don't buy the wolf tickets people don't buy the wolf tickets it's it, he's gonna win um and if he doesn't win i've already made a bet that i will become a registered sex offender millennials and gen zers do want to buy homes they just can't afford it so here are the barriers to home ownership i'll tell you the three top ones the number one at 42% is not enough income. Okay, not enough income. Number two is prices are too high at uh, at 39%. Um, of So this is a survey. So the first one is 42%. Next one's 39%. Can't afford a down payment at 36%. Now, those three kind of, uh, they're the ones who take over this. There's a bunch of other things. My credit isn't good. Just not ready. Mortgage rates are too high. No desire to own a home. Too much debt. Lack of homes for sale. But the top three are not enough income. Prices are too high. Can't afford a down payment. Those are basically... The same thing in three different sentences. Those are the same problems in three different sentences. We don't make enough money to save to buy a home. We don't make enough money uh, in general. And the prices are just too high. I mean, it has become a... uh, It's funny because buying a home is still a metric of economic prosperity. They decided this ages ago, and it still holds true. People still feel that in America, you need to buy yourself a home. And if you don't, then you're just you're fucked. You're just paying. You're paying for somebody else's home. You're paying for somebody else's dream that's what people like to say you're funding somebody else's dream well what the fuck else am I supposed to do you know no matter what you do what you buy you're funding someone else's dream or you're funding someone else's livelihood it doesn't matter I mean it's people I remember uh, you know when I was on my you can do anything when I was on that angle when I was on that bullshit angle Uh, you know, I would, I'd probably say some shit like that. You're working for somebody else and you're, you're paying for their dream. You're working for their, their dream. You're making their dreams come true and you're not doing anything for yourself. Well, what the fuck are you doing when you go to, uh, to CVS and you buy a bag of Doritos? You know, what the fuck are you doing when, uh, you know, you're going to get a car wash or when you do anything, when you're doing anything that, Hey, when, you, when you're when you doing anything that costs money, that's what you do. I mean, you're funding somebody else, whether you're funding their dream or you're funding their livelihood or you're paying their bill. I mean, you're doing it anyway, right? You can't act like when you take out a mortgage, you're not paying the bills of that bank. You're not paying the car payment of the CEO of that bank, of the manager of that bank. You can't act like when you aren't taking out a $400,000 mortgage that, uh, you know, the CEO isn't going to roll up in a new Benz, okay? Or the the real estate agent that sold you the house isn't going to make, you know, 20% on that. You can't act like that because it's not true. Anytime you buy something, you're funding someone else's livelihood. You're funding someone. People are funding us day and night. I work in a restaurant. If anybody orders from me and tips me, You're paying for, how come there are certain times where we're okay with it? When you go out to a restaurant and you tip the bartender, there's no objection there. Oh, he's working, she's working for a living. So's the motherfucker that sold you the mortgage. So's the motherfucker that sold you the car. So's the motherfucker that sold you the fucking, the Reese's peanut butter cups at CVS. Everybody everybody you're funding all these people anytime you buy anything you're funding somebody so why is it that we've decided that where you live and how you pay for where you live and who you pay for where you live how come we're going to act like you know it's it's any different than when you buy anything else right i'm not going to live in an apartment no, 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 no. That's just paying rent to nobody. I get it. I get it. With a home, you're putting money back into the house. Sure. I get it. But that mortgage, that mortgage isn't going back into your house. The mortgage isn't going back in your house. I mean, you get a house that you can, now you pay it off, right? It's paid off and it's yours. But. It's just like anything else, just like buying a picture frame or buying a camera or buying a fucking dildo. It's all the same, guys. It's all the same. Buying things across the board, you're supporting somebody else, you know? And then it just comes down to personal liberties and personal freedoms. And to me, that holds precedent over everything else. Personal liberties and personal freedoms. Being able to maneuver your way through a system that is for lack of a better term um, I don't know if I want to say flawed I guess it's flawed every system is flawed right there's no, there's no surefire way to do anything um, it, it's very convenient though it's a very convenient system which makes people it puts people at ease they don't want <clears throat> they don't want to think to have to go around it. You know, to 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 live within the system is much easier to live uh, on the outside of it or on the outskirts of it or live in a way because not only because not only is it tougher to navigate uh, when you're when you're trying to live against the system, but it's it's uh, I mean, you look like a fool, right? Most people look at you as a as a as a kook. If you say, yeah, I don't know if if right now I'm interested in buying a home. Maybe someday, maybe later on in life. But right now, I don't know. What? You're 25. You're 25. You need to start working for your retirement. You need to start looking ahead. You need to start this. You need to start getting a 401K and buying in. You need insurance. You need life insurance. What if you die? What if your family? I remember one time my grandmother told me, she's like, you need to get a, 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 a job so that you can take care of your family. My family, you guys are my family. You guys can take care of yourselves. I got to take care of you, you know, not to sound selfish, but uh, but what I knew that she meant was, uh, you know, my family, my wife and my kids and these things that I don't have, these things that I'm I'm not really attracted to. That's the thing, you know, and there's a million ways to live this life. But for the old timers, there's, uh, you know, one specific way To live this life. And that's you go to work, you get yourself some benefits, you find yourself a, a, a spouse you have a couple of kids you settle down in a nice neighborhood and you live your life that way and you age gracefully and you go on vacations with the kids and you you work your job and you you know it's not exactly what you wanted or maybe it is what you wanted but you still there's still something else that you wish you just don't you wish you just went ahead and did this instead you know it's just kind of in the back of your head but you push it down you push it down you push it down with fantasy football leagues and and uh, and cookouts and you push it down you shove it down and you just say ah, you know, I got a beautiful family and, you know, that I I work tirelessly for, but it's good because I love them and I have a beautiful home that I... Get no help with because I, uh, you know, I'm the only one that's able to that's competent enough to fix things and take care of the yard and all these things that we're supposed to want to do. Right. We're supposed to want to wake up at uh, 7 a.m. on a Saturday, our only day off to take care of the yard and then uh, invite people over at night so that you can binge drink and sit around a fire. Which is fun, right? That second part is a lot of fun. But you should be able to do that whenever you want. You should be able to do that whenever you want. Start a fire. A fire is like one of the most cerebral and primal joys that a human can have. It's just to sit around a fire, and now we have alcohol. So you can sit around a fire and talk shit, and you can eat. And that's one of the best fucking simple pleasures. And it is at the end of a list of shit that we have to do. As people, it is at the very end of the list, right? It is Saturday night, and it's the end of, you know, it's pretty much the end of the week. I mean, Sundays for people are miserable times because they know tomorrow it's back to the old grind. It's back to the same old bullshit that they had last week, and they're hoping they're just, they're, they wake up on Monday, and they're waiting until Friday afternoon when they get off work. Now it's time to live. We got Friday night, we got Saturday all day, and we got Sunday all day. Let's live! Now it's time to live, but we still have work to do because we own a home and the kids they they uh, they have hobbies and we got to take the kids to t-ball practice and then we got to go here and then we got to you know it's just and I'm sure for a lot of people it's rewarding. I'm sure for a lot of people it's great. It is, but you can't discourage the people that don't want these things. You can't discourage the people that think outside of the box with a lot of these things, you know? Because there are a ton of ways to live. There's so many different ways to live. There's ways to live that haven't even happened yet. There's ways to live that we don't even know. And that's what the fuck it is. I mean... Should uh, if you're in a position to buy a home, if you're in a position, if that's your trajectory, hey, more power to you, more power to you. I got no problem with it. But the main argument to buying a home is that you're investing in your future. You're investing in yourself. Could be true. Could, you know, and and it's that and the fact that you're not paying for something that you're not going to see in the end. Well, here's there's a little news for you guys. You're not going to see anything in the end. In the end, all the work you did, all that home that you got, you could pass it on. Sure. But you're not going to see it. People say, oh, you pay all that money in rent. What do you get for it? You pay all that money on a car lease. What do you get for it? You're going to give it back. Okay. Is there anything that we take with us? I mean, this is a serious question. Is there anything that we bought, regardless of status, regardless of how much it costs, regardless of process and how good it made you look in life, is there anything at all that we buy That we can take with us. I'll let you guys answer that question. So in the end. It doesn't even matter. You see I tried so hard. And I got so far. But in the end. Doesn't even matter. You know. That was a quote by me. I just. I came up with that quote. Um, Yeah. So just be weary about that guys. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is to be. Uh, you know, just look at it for what it is. Look at it for what it is. Just, just look and understand that buying a home, doing all these things are great. They're great if that's what you want to do. They're great if you want to, uh, live in a way that is conducive to, um, you know, Conducive to your work, conducive to a life that is, you know, is is looked at as normal, right? People look at certain ways of living and say that's not normal. That is, in, that's a crazy way to live. My goodness, what? That is insane. You know, it, it just understand that that process is no less insane than a person who moves from place to place is nomadic, right? That's what humans are in general, right? The fact that we settle down in one spot is 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 a newer we lived a lot longer as nomadic people than we live now. Right? A lot longer. A, a, a storm sweeps through or uh the 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 population of deer or buffalo or whatever the fuck we were eating has gone down, predators have moved in, we need to move, we need to get the fuck out of here, we need to leave, we need to walk, we need to trek, we need to get the fuck out of here, but uh, that, you know, that is gone away, it's gone away with the invent of homes and jobs and these type of things, <clears throat> and again, I have no problem with people who pursue these things. I hope, I hope you get it. I hope you get whatever the fuck you're looking for. But to judge and to say that people who don't want these things are a certain type of person or whatever, or, you know, they're wasting their money or their time. Hmm. We're all doing that in some fucking way, right? We're all doing that because, again, I'll repeat it again. Nothing we buy in this life can come with us no matter how much time and effort we put into it, no matter how hard we worked for the down payment for it. It doesn't matter. It goes away just like we do. And that is a very freeing concept to understand that. Is very freeing I don't want it to sound negative to you guys I know sometimes I can come on here And be a little bit of a negative Nancy And this rant this, this Today's episode was not meant to be negative It was meant to Just kind of give you guys A different look at the shit That we've been told And now, like I said It has become increasingly tough to buy a home It has become increasingly tough to buy a home Because a lot of people are trying to buy homes But they can't prices are too high they don't have enough income coming in you know some people are fortunate enough i got friends that they are on the fast track to buying a home i can i got at least three friends that i know within the next two to three years they'll probably be homeowners they'll probably be homeowners because they're either uh in a soon-to-be marriage or they just they they make off well they do well they're doing all the right things in life Um, and they have similar mindsets about renting. They don't want to rent. They don't want to do, you know, they have these similar mindsets. They have these similar trajectories to one day live, uh, the life that their parents did or tried to do. And, uh, and I hope that for them, but I also hope for you vagabonds out there, for you nomads, for you, uh, people that are trying to live within a system that should, you don't really care for because you know, it doesn't really care for you. You know that it was made by people that look like you meaning humans. We know that it was, it's just, it's all these rules in this wild that we've created. We've created our own sort of environment, this own sort of nature that we've, we've created these own for we We've created our own forces of nature that we have to abide by. And, uh, and if you play the game a certain way, you win doesn't mean there's only one way to play it but if you uh, if you play it a certain way there's a couple different ways there's a bunch of different ways to play this game and uh, and for anyone that is trying to do it i hope you do i hope you do you know one more thing before we wrap this motherfucker up because uh i i got to get to work not right now, but I would like to get a workout in before work so then I can do some comedy afterwards. Um, as I sit here and record this to you guys, it is four years uh, since we lost Mr. Mac Miller, who I, was a, who I am a big fan of, uh, one of the most musically inclined and talented uh, artists of our generation, of any generation. I mean, he was incredible. Um, he was constantly re- reinventing himself, and and all these things. And uh, you know, one of his lines in one of his songs, where he says, um, "It's so interesting when when you when you see something like this." He said uh, to all the people that sell me drugs, "Don't mix it with that bullshit. I'm I'm not trying to join the 27 Club." and uh and he beat him he beat him to it he uh he he started his own club the 26th he died at 26 so he was a year before everybody so he was actually a little more proactive than everyone else you know he was uh, he was on the ball he was on the ball but 27 club has probably got to be one of the coolest clubs that have ever existed and it gives people it gives young people a reason to uh to live wild and uh and die soon um you know but here's the thing if you're thinking about joining the 27 club you're going to have to become wildly famous and talented in a short period of time. So if you're 20 years old right now listening to this and your dream is to join the likes of Jimi Hendrix, Janice Joplin, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, Brian Jones, there's probably a couple other ones in there. If you're looking to join that club, maybe Keith Moon, if you're looking to join that club, then you need to start now. You need to become wildly... Like, I don't have... I have, like, a year and a half, maybe, you know? So I don't think I'll be joining that club. I... You know, you need to reach some level of fame to be a part of that illustrious group because that is maybe the coolest club ever, right? In terms of people in it, right? The way they went out, it's... uh, It's questionable, right? I mean, Kurt Cobain shot his head off with a shotgun, maybe, um, you know, Hendrix died drowning in in wine. Uh, Janis Joplin, I don't know how she died, but it probably wasn't good. Um, you know, Amy Winehouse boiled in a bathtub while she was drunk. Like all these, they're not great ways to go. But you are remembered in a in a very specific way. You're in the 27 Club, guys. I mean, that all those people I just named are icons. They're all musical fucking icons and uh and they all lived in a way that they wanted reached immense reached infinitely uh infinitely present f- peaks of of uh of fame. Everybody knows who Jimi Hendrix is. Everybody knows who Jimi Hendrix is. Everyone knows who Kurt Cobain is. You know, I mean some most people should know the other people that I named, but it's you know, if you are a part of that club, then, uh, what's his name? Bob Robert Johnson, another one I think was part of that club. If you are part of that club, you are in very specific and illustrious company. So, you know, I think it's, it serves us well to include Mac Miller into the into the, uh, into that group to group him in there because he was very much a, uh, a great musician, phenomenal musician, phenomenal personality. His aesthetic was exactly what I like, you know, living on the outskirts, playing the game, doing drugs, you know, existing in his own fucking way. And for people to look at, the 27 club and say, it's so tragic. It's so, huh. maybe it's tragic. It is right. You can look at it that way. Or maybe some of those people, maybe they wouldn't have, have reached their level of fame if they had a long career, you know, maybe they wouldn't have, maybe they would have sold out as time went on and it would have gotten ugly. You know, you wouldn't, have, you didn't want to see that you know, I remember listening to a Doug Stanhope bit about if Jimi Hendrix lived and he was doing halftime shows at the Super Bowl with a Pepsi commercial. Like, you don't want to see that. You know, some of the, there's something romantic about going out in a blaze of glory, having a massive peak, and then just having a massive drop off. There's something magical about that. And it's, it's just. <sighs> You know it's it's overlooked as a group of people that just died tragically which could be true but it's also very it it is romantic it is romantic that group of people but that's how we're going to end the show off by saying uh, shout out to the 27 Club keep adding cool members to it because uh, the while the rest of us are here on earth fucking around trying to Put the pieces together. These guys put the pieces together very quickly, showed it to the world, and then left. Left. Just left. Look at this. We're done. We're going to go somewhere else. And that's what they did. And uh, rest in peace, Mac Miller, four years now, one of the greatest artists of his generation and this generation in general. Um... You know, I don't know if the word gone, I don't know if the phrase gone too soon really makes sense because if you were, if you're gone, then it wasn't too soon. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was just the time, you know, it's never, no such thing as too soon. Um, you, you know, it's just, that's just what happened. But, uh, you know, rest in peace, Mac Miller, uh, I suppose, because as you know, I was great friends with him. But, uh, that's it. I think I think we're done for today. Thank you guys for playing along. Uh, this Saturday I will be at the Broadway Comedy Club, slanging jokes. Um, two late shows: the ten o'clock and the eleven o'clock. I just got offered a spot tonight at the comic strip in New York. I won't be going because I have bullshit fucking work. But either way, I uh, I'm uh, that's it for shows, right? I think that's it. Yeah. All right, motherfuckers. I'm done. Peace.